Take your copy of Scripture. Go to John chapter 13. And Jesus gave this powerful word in verse 34. A new commandment, he said, I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, verse 35, shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you're my learners, that you're my followers, he said, if you have love one to another. Uh, have you ever seen a church or a church body, uh, a local church that had church trouble? You understand what I mean by church trouble. They had conflict. Uh, I have heard about stories of churches that had business meetings that went awry, that went south. Business meetings where there was turmoil, there was infighting, arguing going on even in the meeting. And people stormed out hateful and rude and hurt and tears and upset. And I have to just pause and say I thank God that for my Christian experience, uh, the, the two local churches I've been affiliated with the closest, my home church in Raleigh and our church here, I've never personally witnessed that kind of business meeting, policy meeting, behavior, anything like that. Uh, I'm not saying that any of us are above that. I'm just saying I praise the Lord for the current climate. That, that, but but e e even the best churches, even our church, potentially if we let our spirit get ungodly and unspiritual and without the fullness of the Holy Spirit, uh, our church or any church or any person could have a spirit that is so sour that we contribute to that. Well, the vast majority of church trouble, the vast majority of relationship trouble can be traced back to a lack of obedience to this one command given to us by the Lord Jesus in Leviticus 19.18, God said, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but here it is, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. It's interesting that Jesus in John 13 gave this word. He said, Now a new a new, N-E-W, a new commandment I give to you. Was it really a new commandment? Well, in some ways it wasn't. In some ways it was a continuation of the commandment that the Lord gave in Leviticus 19. But in other ways it really was a new commandment, a new statement, a fresh way of stating what God had first proposed in the Old Testament. Why was this a new commandment when it was previously stated by the Lord in the Old Testament? Well, I love what Adam Clark said in answering that question. He said, in what sense, in what sense are we to understand that this was a new commandment? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself was a positive precept of the law, Leviticus 19.18. And it is the very same that Jesus repeats here. How then was it new? Our Lord answers this question because Jesus added, he said, I want you to love one another. Here it is. Even as I have loved you. 
Now Christ, he said, more than fulfilled the Mosaic precept. He not only loved his neighbor as himself, he loved him more than he loved himself. For he laid down his life for men. In this, Jesus calls upon his disciples to imitate him. To be ready on all occasions to lay down their lives for one another. This was strictly a new commandment. No system of morality ever prescribed anything so pure as this. Our blessed Lord, Adam Clark said, has outdone all the moral systems in the universe in two statements. Love your enemies and lay down your lives for each other. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you know that is countercultural. That is contrary to everything that is instinctive in us as people to love our enemies and to lay down and sacrifice ourselves for someone else. Uh, John MacArthur said that this was a new commandment in the sense that it presented a higher standard of love, one based on the example of Jesus himself. So let's break these two verses down and let's talk about this new command to love one another. First of all, notice with me that this command is a present command. It's, 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 it's stated in what we call the present imperative. It is a command. It's in the imperative mode. It's not optional, but it's stated in the present. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, I don't want you just to love once or love twice. or lo I want you to keep on loving. You keep on loving one another. You make loving one another the continuous action and choice of your life. Since love is an action verb more than it is an emotion, and it's a choice we make, Jesus is saying literally, keep on choosing to show love. We are commanded to be in the constant ongoing practice of choosing to show love to others. In John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. John 15, 17, these things I command you that you love one another. By the way, Jesus gave these words in the very same narrative. He's just continuing that thread of loving one another. 1 Thessalonians 3, 12, Paul said, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, but as touching brotherly love, he said, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. James 2, verse 8, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, he said, that royal law being thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. James said, if you do that, then you do well. 1 Peter 1.22, seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. And then 1 Peter 
2.17, he simply says, love the brotherhood. Love one another in the family of God. 1 John 3.11, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. 1 John 3.23, this is God's commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and that we should love one another as Jesus gave us commandment. And then 1 John 4, 21. This commandment we have from God, that he who loves God loves his brother also. You keep on loving one another. You keep on making the choice to love one another when it's not convenient, when you don't feel like it, when that love is not reciprocated, you have to make a choice to continue to show love to one another. Love is chosen. Love is exemplified. Love is expressed. It's not just, it's not the warm fuzzies. No, it's a choice. It's not just an emotion. It is a decision you and I make to show deference, to serve to love on, to show kindness and compassion and generosity to those all around us, even to those that others would say they're not deserving or worthy of that love. So we've seen the present command. It's a continuous action that we're commanded to be a part of. But notice secondly in verse 34, uh, Jesus here gave us a perfect model to follow. He said in verse 34, now, I, I want you to love one another. I want you to make the choice continuously to show that love. And I want you to do it in a certain way. He says, I want you to show that love in a way, here it is, as I, Jesus said, have shown that love to you, as I have loved you. In other words, in the same way that I've loved you, in the same way that I've demonstrated my love for you, I want you to follow the example I've set for you. And you demonstrate that kind of love in the same way to one another. Jesus gave us his perfect example and model to follow. Look at how Christ displayed this love. Obviously, we know that he loved his disciples, but he loved others. In fact, earlier in this same chapter, uh, verse 1, uh, in chapter 13, it says, And Jesus, having loved his own to the uttermost. It, it, the uttermost means to the nth degree, to the infinite degree that anybody could love somebody. That's how Jesus loved his disciples. The Apostle John, writing this book, this gospel, you remember how he referred to himself? He said, I want you to know I'm the disciple Jesus loved. Now, did Jesus not love his other disciples? Yes. But notice this, that Jesus so loved his disciples that John felt like Jesus loved him more so than any of the others. Now, obviously, we know that that wasn't an accurate perception but John literally felt Jesus' love. Question for you and me. The ones closest to us, do they literally feel our love? Do they have any doubt in their mind about the love that we have for them? Yes, I'm speaking of family, but I'm not just talking about family. 
I'm talking about other believers. I'm even talking about neighbors, strangers, people we come in contact with. Oh, man, I, I, I feel so strongly about this and feel so under conviction so often. That so often love is not the dominant characteristic of my life. Showing the love of Jesus and loving like Jesus loved is not what I do. I'm ashamed of that. I'm convicted by that. I want the Holy Spirit of God to so work in my heart and in my life to change that. I don't love my wife like she deserves to be loved sometimes. I don't love my children like God wants me to show not just a parental love, but Christ-like love. My neighbors, my co-workers, my fellow church members, and even sinners and lost people. I'm afraid I, I, I struggle at times demonstrating the true love of Jesus. If he said that, that the, the way I'm supposed to show that love is in the same way that he did. That's a tall order, ladies and gentlemen. How was it that Jesus chose to love? Listen to this. He loved those who falsely accused him. He loved those who intentionally hurt him. He loved those who failed to show appreciation for his acts of kindness. He loved those who wanted to hurt him. He loved those who didn't believe him. He loved those who rejected him. Every single one of you watching right now tonight, you have people in your life who have done some of these very same things to you. They falsely accused you. They hurt you. They slandered you. They ostracized you. They betrayed you. They wounded you. They're hard to love. But that's who Jesus chose to demonstrate his love to. Do you? Do I do that? Oh, may the Lord help us this week to choose that in some tangible way. So he gave us the fact that this love is a uh, perpetual, continual practice. He, he, he told us that he himself was the perfect model. And then as we close, we see that Jesus gave us powerful evidence for his love. Verse 35, by this shall all men know. By this, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another this way. You see, loving others in this Christ-like way will be the distinguishing characteristic of every true follower of Jesus Christ. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen. Better yet, hear Jesus. He said, if you want to make sure that people know you are following me, here's how you do that. Well, how, how is that, Lord? How can I make it crystal clear that I'm a true follower of Jesus? Is it by my preferences? No. By my standards, my high standards? No. And I'm not against preferences, certainly not against standards. No. Is it my style of music? No. Nope. Is it the uh, version of Scripture I hold to? No. And I have my scriptural preference that I hold to, the King James. But that's not what he said. He didn't say if you have Baptist on your sign, free will Baptist, independent Baptist, Southern Baptist. No, no, no. He didn't say, uh, uh, what he, he, he didn't mention church signs, didn't mention how often in a week, 
how many services in a week your church has. Didn't mention if you wear a mask or don't wear a mask. Didn't mention if you shut down during COVID or didn't shut down during COVID. Nope. Jesus doesn't mention any of these things. In fact, none of those things are even applicable to this discussion. And yet, how, how is it, ladies and gentlemen, that so many quote-unquote followers of Jesus make those things the litmus test? Jesus never did. You know what he said? If you claim to be my follower, you will prove it by how you love people. You will prove it. And if you don't prove it that way, then it's not believable, he said. Don't tell me about your creeds. Don't tell me about how holy you think you are. Don't compare yourself with other people. No, no, no. He didn't say that. He said, you show me how much you love. You say, oh, Brother Christian, I'm not sure what you're preaching is biblical. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, these are words in red. This is the red letter. <laughs> Jesus said, if you want to show people the veracity, how genuine your spirituality really is, you prove it by how much you love people. By this, they're going to know that you're my disciples because you love others. Jesus gave the world the right to judge us whether or not we are really genuinely Christian. Do we really show love for one another? That's how the world judges you. That's how Jesus, Jesus gave them permission to evaluate and judge us this way. Or do we criticize? Do we gossip? Do we hold grudges? Do we ostracize people because they don't look like us? They don't dress like us? They don't talk like us? Their preferences and standards aren't as high and holy and lofty as ours, we say? Do we show favoritism? Do we form a case against someone before we even know the whole story? Do we jump to conclusions? Do we get easily offended? Do we show negativity? Do we let someone's skin, someone's background, someone's socioeconomic standard, someone's look, someone's connections or lack thereof, someone's personality, someone's preferences, someone's color, someone's shape? Do we let all that shape how we choose to treat them? What will this tangibly look like for you and I? Well, according to 1 Corinthians 13, this kind of love is long-suffering. This kind of love is kind. This kind of love doesn't envy. This kind of love doesn't vault itself or promote itself. This kind of love is not puffed up. This kind of love doesn't behave unseemly. This kind of love doesn't seek its own pleasure. This kind of love is not easily provoked. This kind of love doesn't think evil about somebody. This kind of love doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. This kind of love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This kind of love never fails. 
Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and the very first one, love. Oh, for that Christ-like, Spirit-anointed, Spirit-infused, Spirit-empowered love. So, CP, if I live this way, what would that look like? Well, may I make some suggestions, dear friend? First of all, make the right choice. You have to choose to love. Then walk in the Spirit. If I'm walking in the Holy Spirit and living by His fullness, I will display this love. Start with those closest to you and then let it extend out from there. Start with your family. Start with your co-workers. Start with your friends. Start with your inner circle. Sometimes the ones we're closest to are the ones we're most hateful to. Be quick to apologize and forgive. In the book, The Mark of the Christian, Francis Schaeffer listed these two things as the two primary ways that Christians can manifest love for one another. That book deals with reconciliation. Be quick to forgive and apologize. And then look for ways to bless and serve and meet needs, tangible needs we can meet. And then we treat each person as Jesus treats us, without partiality, without preference, without prejudice, and without pride. And as we close tonight on this Valentine's Day, may tonight and today and may this truth begin to change us and moving forward that we will be forever different with how we show love to one another. Let's pray together. Our Father, help us now in the name of Jesus to be empowered by you to live this truth out. In the wonderful name of Christ, we pray. Amen.